whether we're familiar with Christian things or uh, pretty unfamiliar. And we pray that you would help us to understand this ancient song that was written for us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wonder what has got you excited this week. Uh, something that you thought, I just can't wait for that to happen. I'm really looking forward to that. That thing is a really cool thing in my life. Maybe, um, for those who've just had half term, it was going back to school. Maybe not. Uh, or it could have been excited to go and see friends again. Maybe you're excited about spending some money. Maybe you're excited about a birthday party or winning a competition. Maybe you're excited to visit family. I know lots of people here or friends coming to visit family who are getting uh, baptized later. Our psalm is all about getting excited. It's, it's about getting excited about worship, about worshiping God. Now, worship is a word that we use a lot in church, but we don't use very much outside of church. If you're here today and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, maybe you're still looking in from the outside, maybe you've been invited along to join us for the baptisms today, worship might be a word that you hardly ever use. If you're a Christian person, you might think, well, I know I use that word on Sundays, but I'm not really sure I know what it means. Is worship something that everyone does or that just some people do? Is worship something that just religious people do or that everyone does? Is worship something for clever people or is worship something for anyone, no matter whether they're young or old? Is worship for us? Well, our psalm tells us um, why we should worship God. It helps us answer those questions. It gives us two answers to those questions. And the first thing is this. Worship God because God is glorious. Worship God because God is glorious. Have a look if you've got a Bible there. Verse 1. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Well, I was thinking, how do I illustrate that verse and I thought, I know, buses. Buses. Have you ever seen a bus advert on the side of a bus? It's a, a big space to advertise your name, isn't it? And I had a bit of a Google, and I thought, which are the most interesting bus adverts out there? And uh, here are a few, not for, from all over the place. So the one at the top, it's all painted on. It's not actually crushed by a boa constrictor. Is Copenhagen Zoo. That is a cool bus advert. Oh, there's one um, advertising a theatrical production of Aladdin. Uh, my favorite one is the one that said, should have gone to Specsavers. And it looks as if it's backed into a, a post. And the other one is for a bendy toothbrush on a bendy bus. That's quite good, quite clever, isn't it? So the, the verse of the psalm is a little bit like that. You see, you pay your money, you get to put your name on the side of a bus for everyone to see. God puts his name everywhere in the world that he has created. In wide letters, bold type, flashing lights, it's as if every time you look at anything that God has created, there's a great big advert next to it saying, God is glorious because God made all of this. Or think about it like this. Um, I don't know if this was last weekend or two weekends ago, but if you'd gone to Manchester United, Old Trafford, you would have seen the fans with their massive banners. This one says, Sir Bobby Charlton, the uh, finest English footballer the world has ever seen. You see, they, they made his name great because they wanted everyone to know just how much they loved him, just how brilliant he was. 
And the world that God made does the same thing for God. Everything he made is like an advert pointing to his glory. And that advert stretches all the way from the cradle to the cosmos and back again. Have a look at the next um, bit of the Bible passage. You have set your glory in the heavens through the praise of children and infants. You have established a stronghold against your enemies. So look at the cosmos. A bus advert is big, isn't it? It's a lot bigger than one of those tiny little adverts that pops up on your phone. The cosmos is like that. It's like, look at the sky. We're going to do a little bit of that later on. The heavens magnify God's glory to a size that we can't even begin to measure. Look at the cradle through the praise of children and infants. In other words, we were made, we were made to praise God from the very beginning of life. It's not just for religious people. It's not just for people who've reached a certain level of intellectual ability. It's for everyone. We were created to worship God. He is glorious. But you see, the thing is, not everyone worships God because the psalm tells us that there is a war on. In verse 2, it says, You have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. I don't know if you've ever thought about it like this, but God has enemies, evil spiritual powers that do not want us to see God's glory, that don't want us to worship him, that deceive us into thinking that we should worship stuff that he's made instead of the God who made everything. And we're going to remember that war in the baptisms later on. We'll say fight against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Worship is our weapon in the war, if you like. It keeps us on the winning side. We worship God because God is glorious. And if we're finding that hard to believe, well, what we need to do is get our tape measure out, um, which is what the psalm does next. Verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. I need some help. Who wants to, who wants to come and help me? We're going we're gonna to try to do some scale models, okay? Who wants to come and hold the world? Who thinks they're strong enough to hold the world? Anyone? I need someone to hold the world for me. Anyone do that? Brilliant. Rupert, come on up here. Well done. Okay, so Rupert, this is going to represent the world, okay? Let me get a chair so everyone can see you. You stand on this chair for me. Rupert, do you know how much the world weighs? Stand up on the chair. Do you know how much it weighs? Six million, million, billion tons. Do you think you can... You th are you strong enough to hold the world? Brilliant. You reckon? Do you reckon he's strong enough to hold the world? Rupert, there you are. You hold the world. Oh, look, he can hold it with two fingers. That's how strong he is. That is amazing. Now, um, the world is heavy. It's, it's round, but it's so big it feels flat when you're walking on it. It stretches 29,000 feet up, this is the crust, to the top of Mount Everest, and um, 36,000 feet down to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. You could fit Everest in the Mariana Trench and have room to spare. How, how much, if we wanted to represent the crust on the top of the world, what do you think we would need? How thick is the crust compared to the rest of the world? I'll tell you. It's as thick as a postage stamp. If you want to represent the crust 
of the world on a football, you just need a postage stamp. 29,000 feet down to 36,000 feet. That is how big the world is. That is pretty amazing. But the psalm doesn't tell us to think about the world. The psalm says, when I consider your heavens. So that's what we're going to do now. We're going to think about the heavens. And we're going to start just small with the earth and with Jupiter and the sun. So let's get rid of the world. We don't need the world anymore. The, well, we do. How big do you think the world is going to be? How big do you think the world's going to be? As big as a pea. Here I repeat, hold the pea for me. <laughs> Show everyone the pea because it's very small. That is the world. Does anyone want to come and hold Jupiter? Yeah, brilliant. Come on up. Well done. Come on, come on over here. Well done. Here's Jupiter. We need another. Have we got another chair? No, we don't have another chair. Hold up, the, hold up Jupiter for us. There we are. So Jupiter's the size of an orange. It's actually a bit bigger than that. According to what I read, it's the size of a grapefruit, but I couldn't find a grapefruit this morning. Okay. So we've got a pea, an orange. Now we're going to do the sun. Who? Okay, are you going to come and hold the sun? The sun is as big as a beach ball. Toby, are you going to come and help your brother? Brilliant. Everyone see the beach ball? So we've got a pea, that is the world that we live in. An orange or a grapefruit, that is Jupiter. You could fit the world into Jupiter 1.3 million times. And then we've got the sun. And you know what? The sun isn't even a very big star. Let's get a bit bigger. Has anyone ever heard of Antares? You might have seen it. It's the 15th brightest star in the sky. What are we going to need to represent Antares? I'll give you a hint. I haven't got anything. <laughs> I reckon maybe the size of this church. Or maybe the size of Southside. I really don't know. It is a lot bigger than the sun. Okay? Well done, boys. Or you go and grab a seat. Let's give everyone a bit of a clap. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll take the pee. Just pop it on the floor. Brilliant. Well done. Thanks. Well done. Um, it is impossible to understand, isn't it? it? It kind of makes your head hurt. How can I live on a pea and I can see this giant beach ball and yet that is a tiny fraction of everything that God made? Look at the verse again. When I consider your heavens the work of your fingers. If you ever like done any kind of cooking and you just sprinkled a little bit of herbs into a cookery dish, that's the picture. God's fingers, just sprinkling a little bit, that's how he makes the world and the universe. The moon and the stars, which, which you have set in place. If you put a, a shelf up, you fix it there so it's going to stay and it's not going to fall down. That is how God made the universe. He's fixed it. Why should you worship God? Worship God, because God is glorious. He is the amazing, awesome creator of everything. And we ought to be able to stop there. The psalm ought to be able to stop there and say, worship God, because God is glorious, full stop. But it doesn't. And this is even almost more amazing, because the second half of the psalm gives us another reason to worship God, another reason to get excited about God, and it's, it's, I think it's meant to blow our minds. Worship God. 
because you are glorious too. Worship God because you are glorious too. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. Now, where's it gone? Here it is. I found this um, two-cent piece on the floor under my desk this week from holiday in the summer. And uh, I noticed it on a Monday or something, and I saw it again on Tuesday, and, and then on Thursday I thought, I'll pick it up. It's quite a useful illustration for this talk. Because it is worth almost nothing. I notice it, but it's like, pff, makes no difference to my life. I, I couldn't care less if I dropped it down a drain, if it all disappeared. And the psalm is surprised that God doesn't think about us like that. It says, what is mankind that you're mindful of them? What, God, why don't you just forget about people? What, what are human beings that you care for them? Why do you pay attention to them? They're so small. Compared to the humongous universe, we are absolutely tiny. But the amazing thing is God doesn't just notice us every now and then. God puts us at the very center of everything. Verse 5, you made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. See, the verse is like a mirror. The words actually of the verse are very similar to verse 1, but just slightly different because it wants us to know that we are a mirror like God, but we're different. We're similar but different. We, we reflect him. Other things in the universe are adverts pointing towards God. You and I are mirrors reflecting him. We're his image, his masterpiece, his reflection. And because we're mirrors, we're glorious too. That is, that is incredible, almost incredible. Think about your life. Think about all the stuff in your life that you wouldn't want anybody else ever to see or to hear or to know about. Think about the lack of glory in your life, the way we say things to hurt other people, the way we harbor unkind thoughts, the way we do things that we know are wrong. You see, when we look at our lives, we might think, I'm much more like a damaged painting than a masterpiece. And it might feel like sin, that is all the, the wrong stuff we've done, and shame, all the wrong things we've become, have kind of rubbed out the glory. But even though we're damaged, we can't stop being glorious. Why can't we stop being glorious? Because we didn't make ourselves. God made us. And we can't unmake our glory. Worship God, because you're glorious too. Verse 6, you uh, made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the sky, the birds in the, uh, the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. We got to see this verse in action in half term. Uh, we went to Longleat Safari Park. It's brilliant. Just all driving around, seeing these incredible creatures, literally next to your car, or in the case of the monkeys, on top of the car. No, nothing else can do that. No other creature in creation can put other animals in a, in a zoo for themselves to look at. But it's not just talking, I think, about animals. It's talking about everything. Everything, like technology, even AI, which everyone is terrified about at the moment. Those things, they're, they're made by human beings. We're, we're like God, looking after his world. Which means that from the very beginning of life all the way to the end of life, everything you do matters. 
whether it's homework or emails or unloading the dishwasher or loading the dishwasher again or visiting your neighbor, whatever you do, all the ordinary things in life, there's no such thing as ordinary. It's all extraordinary because we are extraordinary, glorious, God's mirrors. Everything you do in life matters. Every part of life is worship. Worship because you are glorious too. We've nearly finished. The psalm is an advert. It points to God's glory. The psalm is a mirror. It shows us our reflected glory. And finally, the psalm is like a trailer. Like, you know, a little snippet of a film that you get to see before you go to the cinema. Because it's about God, it's about us, and it's about Jesus. Do you remember what we thought about before? Do you remember the war, God's enemies? Uh, the evil spiritual powers that want to steal God's glory, that want to deceive us into worshipping other things, well, their most powerful weapon is death, like we saw in that previous slide. Life ends in death. We can fight death in all sorts of ways, but we can never beat death. But Jesus did. Listen to what the Bible says he did for us, and as we read these verses from Hebrews chapter 2, Listen to the echo from Psalm 8. It says, We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Why did Jesus become a human being? The verse tells us the most amazing answer. Jesus became a human being to die. He died for all our sin and all our shame, and God raised him from the dead so that death could be defeated. And if we trust in him, as we'll remember when we come to baptism later, we won't die forever, but live forever, and we'll worship God for all eternity. And that is the most exciting thing of all. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are glorious, and we thank you for this most extraordinary truth that we are glorious too. Lord, as we look at our own lives and we're conscious of sin and shame and a lack of glory, maybe sitting here this morning massively struggling with who we are, Help us to know that in your love we are glorious. Uh, help us to know that Jesus died for us so that we could be increasingly like you. And help us to trust in you and to worship you. For we ask it in his name. Amen.